name is Selena. I'm 23 years old, and I've had an abortion. I was 17, but it was in New York, New York City. You know, I, I um, started dating this guy, and I, you know, said to my parents, okay, we're sleeping together, but I didn't want to be on hormonal birth control because I had done research about it, and, and I just thought, you know, it wasn't going to be for me. I tried it. I did try it, and it was awful. And so my parents said, that's fine. You can stick to using condoms. And after three years of being in this relationship with this guy that I was in, we'd have, like, no issues, um, never any pregnancy scares. And then, you know, one night, condom broke, took plan B. And I actually went, after it happened, I went and um, lived in Tanzania for seven weeks after taking plan B, and my period never came. And I thought, oh, it's stress from, from being so far abroad. It's going to come, it's going to come. And so then I landed back in New York and immediately took a pregnancy test and it was immediately positive. I felt very ashamed. I was like, how, you know, how could this be? I'm a straight A student. I'm 17 and just got back home from living in Tanzania by myself. Like I'm the pinnacle and like now I'm stained. The relationship ended right after um, the abortion was cleared to have had work. Um, and I just felt really wrecked with a lot of guilt. I felt really awful. There wasn't any literature or like avenues for me to go go to as a 17 year old to find resources to talk to other women to you know kind of create a connection with other young women who were going through similar things um, and so I just felt very alone and as time went on my life changed. Um, I came out as queer um, once I started college and then it became kind of more far removed I was I, from my life in so far that I was like dating a woman and I and I quickly learned that once you are out as a queer woman or as a lesbian, whatever you did in, like, your past is almost a race. And your, like, heteronormative peers around you don't assume that you've ever gone through the things that, like, what, you know, they view as a regular hetero person would go through. So I remember sitting in a gender and sex class, and we were having a debate about abortion, and I said something about it. And this one girl said, well, what do you know? Aren't you gay? And I was like, yeah, I am, but, you know, I... I, too, you know, dated male-bodied individuals, and I did have an abortion, and that was, like, the shock. So, it, you know, it became so far removed from my life in so far that I was never talking about it, and I, I didn't feel like it was a part of who I was in this kind of, like, you know, re renewed, older version of myself. And that's kind of when I, when I, like, sat down with it and made peace with it and realized that, like, I never actually felt guilty about it. I felt like I needed to feel guilty. I felt like if I admitted that I didn't feel guilty, then people would think that I was, like, a homicidal maniac. And looking back on it, what I, what I realized is that I made a very adult decision, and the realization that I didn't need to feel guilty about it wasn't going to come until I myself became more mature and more secure in who I was. Over the last couple years, the political climate in the U.S. has become increasingly scary. People of color are under attack. Queer and trans people are under attack. Women's rights, you guessed it, they're under attack. The post-election vibe amongst young women is, this sucks. I want to help, but how? My name is Jill Gutowitz. And I'm Carmen Rios. We're bringing together your favorite stars with politicians, activists, and analysts to talk current issues, U.S. government, and activism. We're all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wokeness. This is The Bossy Show.
Coming up, we've got YouTuber Alexis G. Zoll in studio. She's possibly the funniest person alive, and I could fit her inside my sleeve. Plus, we've got another abortion story, and we're talking to Amelia Bono, co-founder of Shout Your Abortion. Okay, so we have Amelia Bono on the line. Amelia is the co-founder of Shout Your Abortion. Hi, Amelia. Hey. Um, Amelia, what led you to uh, founding Shout Your Abortion? Really, like, off the cuff, the day after Planned Parenthood was, uh, the, the House of Representatives voted to defund Planned Parenthood. So this is September 18th, 2015. I just wrote a status update on my personal Facebook page that was like, hey, I had an abortion, and I'm telling you this because I feel like people that are trying to take this right away from us are banking from banking on silence from pro-choice women like me. So I posted this on, on Facebook, and uh, it just sort of immediately, like, people in my community started talking about their own abortion experiences, like, really pretty much instantly. My girl, Lindy West, who's an amazing and well-known feminist writer who has subsequently backed up Twitter because it's a fucking hellscape, as you both know. And uh, <laughs> But at the time, she, like, had, like, 60,000 followers, whatever, and she posted a screenshot of my post with her own abortion disclosure and added the hashtag shout your abortion. And it, it just went viral. Um, the hashtag started to be used by people all over the world, um, primarily in the States and was used like hundreds of thousands of times by people that were wanting to talk about their own abortion experiences, like often for the first time and in this huge range of ways. I was in grad school at the time, but I just, like immediately stopped going to school and started organizing and um, like you know a year and a half later it's just a full-on movement and we have fiscal sponsorship and we're a nonprofit and it's all about creating spaces online in media in art and in real life events for people to talk about their experiences like however they want and to really like just start to create community around that you know. What do you think people can do every day to combat abortion stigma? Um, I think that, like, there's no prescriptive formula for what everyone can do because, like, my life is extremely different from someone who lives in Atlanta, Georgia, or someone who is part of a, like, community of faith. You know, for me, what I do is, like, I, like, wear, like, a shift dress to the grocery store that just says abortion in, like, size 500 Helvetica. Yes. And, like, go about my business. But, like, I live in Seattle, Washington. Like, what what women do in a small town in the South might be to, like, ask their mother if she's ever had an abortion or to, like, let people know in their life that they're, like, down for that conversation in whatever way feels right to them, you know? How does women sharing their abortion stories impact the political landscape? Just in a really basic way, this issue is being legislated in a way that is just profoundly out of touch with the values of mainstream Americans. So seven in 10 people support abortion rights and with the needs of people living in this country, because one in three women have an abortion before they're age 45. And I really truly believe that the only reason that the right has gotten away with legislating this issue in a way that's just completely out of touch is because they're like legislating based on silence and based on people not actually talking about their lives. And I don't think that we can really expect just legislation when everyone has sort of been, or like so many people have been terrified into silence. Like in the same way that, 
nobody was fighting for marriage equality when everybody was in the closet. It's just sort of like the the next step in, in terms of like demanding rights, like demanding our rights that have been our rights for 44 years now. Like we just have to talk about it and we have to make ourselves seen. And that looks really different for different folks. But like you can't demand justice for an invisible population, you know, like whether that's like undocumented people or rape victims or people who have had abortions or people that want to make sure that their daughters have that right. We have to actually talk about how these laws affect us and and demand that access, you know, like and, and really get some skin in the game like Annie up, you know. And that's like I'm not saying that as a directive because everybody's got to put something different on the line in order to speak out. Like I'm a white girl who was raised in the Pacific Northwest, like super liberal upbringing. Like I'm not leveraging my entire like community of relationships by speaking. But I do know that when I do speak, like it makes the world safer for people that want to do that in the future. And eventually they just have to answer to the needs of the population. And right now, no, no one is forcing their hand, you know? What fears are we facing under this new administration? I mean, what fears are we not facing? Like, <laughs> yep. I mean, in terms of what the fears are in abortion world, it's really difficult to say what they're going to do. But I think that one thing that's important to emphasize is that, like, I think the left has been really hung up on protecting Roe v. Wade. And lots of people think that that is sort of the end all be all. But like, when it comes down to it, like the legality of abortion on a federal level does not mean shit if people don't have access. And we're already living in a country where millions of people don't have access. Um, and that's largely because of these really insidious trap laws that have started happening in the last, like, three years, really. Trap laws are stands for targeted regulation of abortion providers. These are laws that are like, if you go into your favorite like club, your favorite music venue, and like the city comes in and is like, yeah, you've got to install like a $8 million sprinkler system or we're going to close you down tomorrow. And it's like for a totally arbitrary reason. So if these are regulations that like force doctors to have to get um, hospital admitting privileges and just all sorts of things that are just only designed to shut the clinics down. And so the, the right and the anti-choice movement has been super successful in implementing so many of these laws in such an insidious way that we've seen clinics closing at like really an unprecedented rate over the last few years. Like Roe really doesn't matter if like you're in Mississippi and you're poor as shit and like the only clinic is hours away and you can't get childcare. And also now with, you know, with the Hyde Amendment becoming entrenched on a federal level, which is like one of the executive orders that we saw in the last few days, this means that people will never, we can be certain that poor women and people who rely on Medicaid to, uh, you know, to get their health care will never, ever be able to use Medicaid to have an abortion, which has always been the case. But the idea that that would be federally, like that that would be entrenched as federal law is unprecedented. You know, in Texas, they're trying to make it so that clinics have to pay to cremate or bury an aborted fetus. Like, there are just these completely just like ghastly regulations popping up that uh, force women to just all range of things like parental consent. Like, you know, Mike Pence is like the most anti-choice politician we've ever seen on a major ticket. And like, I don't think any of us really think that Donald Trump gives a fuck about abortion, but 
he's at the mercy of, like, he's being manipulated by some really bad dudes who I think are pretty set on appeasing the anti-choice movement in ways that will pretty much make abortion not a reality for millions and millions of women. Of course, women of color and poor women being the first to lose that. Well, thank you so much for being here, Amelia. That was really great. You can go to shoutyourabortion.com if you want to check out Amelia's uh, foundation. Yeah, so shoutyourabortion.com is really cool because it's this dynamic site where you can go look at a bunch of different abortion stories and like different actions and art that people have made that's been sort of catalyzed by SY. And you can also go add your story like with in writing or, or video or photo. Like there's all these different ways to get involved. And, you know, like if you want to talk about your abortion, SY is here for you. And you can go to SY, shoutyourabortion.com and like find a way to engage that like feels right to you. It might be totally anonymous. It might be like a photo of your face in front of like the place where you work and whatever you want to do is we got you. My name is Shannon. I'm 28 years old and this is my abortion story. I was 18 years old in Southern California. Um, And when I found out I was pregnant, I was overwhelmed with fear. The first reason I chose to terminate was because as a young adult, I would have been grossly incompetent as a parent. I was fresh out of high school. I didn't even know how to drive. I worked 16 hours a week as a dishwasher. Um, I was living at home with my parents, and I didn't have any motivation to do anything with my life. Um, And actually, when it happened, that's when I realized that I had been really obsessed with just being a girlfriend, then I was actually interested in my own future. So it was kind of like an epiphany because I recognized that I had an unhealthy need to be wanted, and that was really the only thing I cared about. The second reason uh, was because of the relationship. I honestly can't remember if the father and I were technically a couple at that point because we were off and on so often. Um, It was just turbulent and toxic all of the time. And we definitely would not have had a healthy co-parenting relationship. We were just really, both really jealous of each other and controlling. And sometimes it would get to the point where we'd be screaming at each other on the phone in the middle of of work, like at my job. So having a child would have made it a lot more stressful because it was already so unhealthy. And without any life experience, I couldn't have done it on my own. And I also didn't want to put that pressure on my parents who were having their own uh, marriage issues in addition to having a four-year-old at the time. It was a tough decision, obviously. Actually, finding someone who would do it was kind of complicated. We went around, my mom and I actually, we went around to a few clinics, and they kind of just gave me the runaround, which, looking back now, I think a lot of those clinics were not legitimate. Um, because I've done some research on it, and they were kind of, like, set up as fake clinics to try to get you to change your mind. And that was a really frustrating experience for me because it only made me feel worse when I was trying to just do what I I really wanted to do. And then eventually we were able to find someone who would do it. And after the abortion, I felt really, really driven Um, I made the tough decision to terminate because I wanted to be able to one day provide the kind of life for a child that they deserve, which is what I couldn't have been able to give them then. 
So right after, I got a job. Uh, then I got a better job. I worked really hard. I got my license. I worked three jobs at the same time to buy a car. I got internships, more good jobs, more internships, and, like, just a lot of self-growth. So although it was, like, natural for me to have an initial response of reflection, like, wondering if I did the right thing, I quickly knew that I did for me. And my choice drove me to make healthy decisions uh, that I wouldn't have otherwise made. That's what brought me to where I am today, and I, I feel much better for it. My name is Marcia. I'm 60 years old. I felt it's very important to talk about my abortion experiences. I had two abortions. I was pretty young. I was in college in 1976, and I found out very early on when I missed a period that I was pregnant, and um, my boyfriend at the time and I discussed it, and we just felt it wasn't the right time in our lives to have a baby and that it was our choice. And um, we lived in New Jersey and we had to go into New York. Um, there was a place called Eastern Women's Center and we went there together and I had the abortion. We stayed together for a while and it just wasn't the right time. Um, two years later, I believe it was, or three, no, three years later, I had another relationship with someone and he had already broken up with me a few weeks before, possibly longer, and I found out that I was pregnant and it was my choice. I had just started the dream job of my life at a record company that week and I realized that I was pregnant and I decided to have another abortion. I was very excited about my future. I didn't feel that it was the right time to bring a child into the world as a single parent. And I was really concentrating on my professional career. Later on, uh, about six years later, I got married. Um, there, I had kids and I've told them about the abortions and both of them asked me, you mean I could have had a brother or a sister? And my explanation to them was, no, you wouldn't have existed. If I hadn't made that choice, I would have never married your father, and I wouldn't have had you. And this, and I'm very happy. You know, I love my children dearly. I would do anything for them. And... Um, I'm very happy with my decision. I really feel that it's a woman's decision, um, right to choose, and I, I feel strongly that abortion should be legal and safe. I had to leave my state to go get an abortion, and luckily I didn't live too far from New York, and that was an easy choice for for me to get somewhere, but I would have traveled farther if I had to. I just know that I made the right choices in my life, and I work very hard, and I help people every day make choices in their lives, and none of this would have happened if I hadn't had those abortions. So I really feel that, you know, I've had control over my life and my choices, and I've made some good choices.
Okay. <laughs> We're here with Alexis G. Zoll. Alexis, hi. That's me. How are you? Ugh, fine. How about you guys? You're wearing the cutest outfit. Like, why would Thanks. you come to our studio wearing that and, like, show us up? Oh, thank you. I was just, um, I really like clothes <laughs> and, like, I have, I, ha- I was wearing them. Had to put some on. Might as well be um be a fun little ensemble. Yeah, no, I understand. And you also came here with cough syrup. Yeah, I'm ill. Yeah, uh-huh. like like you're like <laughs> ill, or you're like no, like you're ill. No, like I'm coughing, like right. coughing, and so had to take the cough syrup, not to get turned, but just to like stay <laughs> <Yes>. woke. <laughs> right, because when you texted me, you were like, "I'm gonna be like ten minutes late. Uh-huh. I I gotta get cough syrup," and I was like, "Is she okay?" <laughs> oh, I don't know. I didn't even blink. Like I was a little dumb. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm a YouTuber. Need cough syrup. <laughs> yeah. Need my drugs. Yeah, YouTubers know how to turn up. That's. The one thing we know about YouTubers. The one thing that's true about YouTubers. Right. Okay, we're going to play a game called Blow Alexis's Mind. Right, basically we recorded a sounder for it that we're going to play 100 times as a bit that benefits no one. So Blow Alexis's Mind is where Carmen and I compete for the title of who was able to blow Alexis's mind. Each one of us will read a statistic about abortion or reproductive rights, and it's Alexis's job to react and let us know, did we blow Alexis's mind? Cool, I love getting blown. Whoa! <laughs> okay, this is this a is show a for young people. Yeah, it's this not. Is... It's not. No, please make more jokes about sex. Uh, you guys uh, heard of it? All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're nodding a lot like you haven't heard of it. <laughs> I get it, you know? Stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Cool. Well, that's a good lead-in to talk about um, abortion and reproductive Great. rights. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Are you ready to blow Alexis's mind? It's not funny. <laughs> Fact, 99% of women between 15 and 44 who are sexually activated have activated. used at least one contraceptive method. Sure. They, like, good, right? Yeah. Did you like sexually activated? Like yeah. I, I'm yeah, trying to act- make it happen. Never heard activated. Like when you activate sexually. Yeah. Like if you're sexually that's really active, funny. that's like the... I, I imagine like two people are like about to have sex and one of them's like, hang on, activate. <laughs> <laughs> like hits a big button. Yeah. yeah. And then like light explosion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like yes, for the kids at home. <laughs> that that's is what losing everything. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. Yeah. This is why you have to be safe. Because there's yeah. an explosion that happens. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, it should, it, like, everyone should if they don't uh, want STDs or children. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, but, cool. So your mind is not really blown. <sighs> okay, fine. So, uh, my mind her. is, like, like no, feels cool. calmer now okay. that gonna, I know. 99% sounds pretty I'm gonna good. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. It's okay. Sure. And, something even stronger. It's okay. In the words of LGBTQ people everywhere, it gets worse. Um, <laughs> I'm getting a tattoo that says it gets worse. <laughs> Okay. One in three women in the U.S. have had an abortion. That's a lot. That's, like, more than I would have thought. So, like, slightly, like, so... uh, Like, like, that, I would have thought maybe, like, one in ten, one in twenty. Like, that's an impressive figure. I did it. Wow. I'm winning. Blow Alexis's mind. 95% of women don't regret their abortions. 
Oh, thank God. Oh, my That's God. That's great. You suck. I, you're just making, like, <laughs> I, I am trying so hard. Your facts are just, like, making me happy. I'm like, great. Yes. Strong women using okay, contraceptives. So, so, like, Jill can blow your mind and I can, like, ease your mind. That seems yeah. like. Yeah. It's like tag teaming. I right. made so another joke about mine. sex. Yeah. Don't please don't say sex on this show. <laughs> please stop saying sex. Please stop saying sex. Because <laughs> then we have to talk about how I'm a virgin. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Blow Alexis's mind. Twenty-six states and DC allow all minors to access a full range of contraceptive services without parental permission. Wait, what is NDC? No, like, and D.C. 26 oh, states oh, and Washington, D.C. Okay, D. gotcha. The District of Columbia is not a state. <laughs> um, the fight for D.C. statehood. Okay. Does Donald Trump know that? He apparently got license plates on his presidential limo, and there was a story about it. It was like, his license plates say taxation without representation, but, like, joke's on you, the hill. Like, everyone in D.C. has license plates that say taxation without representation. That's what our license plates say. Right. I mean, he also hung up a photo in the White House of the um, inauguration. The sea that of love. Said, it was a sea of love. That he, said January 21st, <laughs> the day after the inauguration. The day of Hillary Clinton's inaugural parade is right. actually, yeah. That's exactly yep. what it was called. So, okay, your mind is, like, not really blown. So, oh, wait, so this was 20s. I got caught up on the trying to figure out what the letters NDC. stood for. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, you're yeah, fine. No. Um, 26 states? 26 states and D.C. allow all minors to access a full range of contraceptive services without parental permission. Okay. I think that's good. I think it should be more. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. So that means in the other states, like, minors need parental consent to yes. buy, like, a condom. Wow. Yes. Joe blew your that's mind ter- again, didn't Yeah, you? yeah, That's hey. terrible. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Because if you're going to be fucking, like, do it safely? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes, Alexis for president. I I fixed it! Woo! She fixed America! Blow Alexis's mind. Anyway, moving right along, fact. (laughs) 96%, that is 100% minus 4% (laughs) of Texas counties. Sure. Counties in Texas, a state. In the United States, had no abortion clinics in 2014 before the Supreme Court overturned HB2, a law there that was targeting clinics and abortion providers. Um, yeah. Not many of the, just another fun follow-up fact uh-huh. that uh, when abortion clinics have shut down because of laws and then the Supreme <laughs> Court is like, that law sucks, they do not magically reopen. So right. just like a... I'm I'm shook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My mind wow. has been blown. Yeah. Blow Alexis's mind. Yeah, wait. Okay, so if you're in Texas and you're in 96% of the counties. Percent of the counties. <laughs> so you and you are pregnant and you can't do that, then like you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to drive um, a little ways, a few sure. days perhaps. Oh, also if you don't have a lot of money, then yeah. you probably just can't. Well, that then, oh, that doesn't make any sense. No, no, yeah, no. I fixed it, sense. Alexis for president. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, yeah. Alexis. My slogan. Yeah. Fewer than 0.05 percent of women experience complications when receiving an abortion. Wait, fewer? Than, that's so few, right? Yeah. I mean, like statistically. Yeah. Yeah, that Numbers. is good. So that that's good, yeah. right? Because no one wants like a medical complication. Wow, would you say that your mind is blown? <laughs> I don't know if it's blown. It's like, 
Not like it's a light wind. A light wind. A light. Yeah. It's a breeze. I got breezed. I'm breaking order on this list because I'm mad that Jill gets this fact. What? Wait. Okay. Fact: fine. An abortion takes five to ten minutes. I like that. That's what? great. That's good. <laughs> everyone. So yes, I'm trying so yes. hard. It's never yes. been this hard for me to like freak someone out. Well, Alexis likes me and she hates you. She told me. Oh my god. Yeah, and that like second where you like weren't there. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'll read your fact. Which it's totally gonna blow our mind. Between 2010 and 2015, Congress cut family planning funding by 30.5 million dollars. Mm. <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> Drink your cough syrup. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and that sounds like a lot to me. Yeah. Blow Alexis's mind. Nice, nice. Okay, I'm I'm feeling really confident about the degree to which this fact will blow Alexis's mind. <laughs> I am here to tell you, only two states and the District of Columbia, not a state, D.C. statehood, really oh, important. Cool. Use that. <laughs> Um, only two states and D.C. allow minors to obtain an abortion without parental consent. <gasps> I, my mind's blown. Blow, 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 Alexis's mind. Yes! Yeah, that's I mean, terrible. No. Yes, 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 yes. That's terrible. Oh, because then, oh my God. Yeah, that's really bad. That Don't means like that. that in 48 states, you have to, like, take your mom to get an abortion. And they need oh. to give you explicit, or you need oh to have like a name. Oh my god! I also so feel bad. like adding here that you can circumvent this rule with the help of a judge <laughs> in some in some places. So if so. you go to a judge and you're like, your judge, little like dude. sixteen year old self wants to oh. like. Well, could you imagine if you were like sexually assaulted and then you had to be like, mommy, right? We need exactly. Yeah, I cannot. Super bad. That yeah. thought alone makes me shit. Like someone having a kid because they were too embarrassed <laughs> to like tell their parents that they were well, going to have a kid. Uh, in all fairness, though, I think I think your parents also eventually find out that you're pregnant. Right. Um, sure. Like, like, do you like there are signs? Do you know? I mean, but like, oh yeah, Alexis. Wait, have we? I know that we just went over how you activate, how you sexually activate. Have we? Do we need to have a? A, talk. a more in-depth talk yeah, about Yeah, could you explain and... it? I'm confused. Okay, so what happens is they shut down the Planned Parenthood in your neighborhood, right? <laughs> and then that becomes a nesting area for the stork. Oh, um, my God. And basically when the Republicans decide it's your time to have a baby, they you put one in. It's mandated. Yeah, they put one in a little basket sure. maybe. Probably that's too expensive, like too much taxpayer money. So like in a used newspaper, they like uh-huh. wrap it up. Well, not if they take the, pl- the money from you. They take the money f- from Planned Parenthood and put it into that. Oh, that's true. So yeah, this unplanned parenthood business. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like a different, it's like a Republican controlled, a state funded immaculate yeah. conception. And they're still kind of planning parenthood if you think about it. Yeah, for you. Which is... If you think about it, Republicans are really planning parenthood yeah, for badly. Yeah, Yes, yes. Ninety percent of U.S. counties have no abortion clinics. Honestly, <gasps> I was shook when I. Yeah. Wait. Okay. How big? Like county sizes vary? Question mark. Yeah. But like that's still. It's multiple towns. That's. Yeah. It's still ninety. That's ninety percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My my like mind blowing sound effects are getting worse every time. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, already just shrapnel. Yeah. Mine's shrapnel. Blow Alexis's mind. This is the last one. This is the grand finale. Wow. So this, in the last six years, six 
Six years. Individual states enacted 338 abortion restrictions, making up 30% of all abortion restrictions enacted since Roe v. Wade in 1973. Wait, what? So, okay, there's, there's two there's two little facts in here. Sure. Like a bonus. Like I heard a, like a, some some multiple percentages. Yeah, this is like yeah. a double trouble. 338 abortion restrictions in the last six years alone. That alone has me shook, right? Wait, 338 abortion restrictions. Holy fuck. Across the country, okay, right? Sure, lots. Um, restrictions? But those restrictions oh. make up. 30% of all abortion restrictions enacted in the states in the last 43 years. So in the last six years, we've passed a third of the abortion restrictions okay, ever yes. in like I've modern heard. abortion history. That's like, why? Who cares that much? Republicans. Men. Oh. Old white men. Oh, well, that makes sense. They should like, there's, I mean, there's rules, right? There's. Don't have sex until marriage. Sure. But then there's, we want to have sex with women, so, but we don't want them to get pregnant because then they have to have a baby, but also no access to birth control. There's mm-hmm. rules, you know? Yeah. Like, so. so if you just follow all of them at yeah. the same time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then, like, you're chill. Because it's, like, don't have sex until marriage, but also, like, a man might have sex with you because... Yeah. He wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Has your mind been blown or? <laughs> yeah. Just shrapnel. Yeah. Just like I'm laying in the corner shaking. Also shook. I think it's because you had a lot of coughs. <laughs> shook and blown. <laughs> shook and blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Same mm-hmm. me. Yeah. It me. <laughs> How many it's my times? new Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. At 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. when you're sick. I really appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. And I also really like your boots. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. You can subscribe to Alexis's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Alexis G. Zoll. Or you can subscribe to Alexis's podcast, Zoll Good, on full screen. Or you can watch Alexis's new movie, Coin Heist, on Netflix. Yeah. Anything fucking else, Alexis? Um... Uh, just, you know, you can watch me if you, like, come to my house and, like, are yeah. really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it. Yeah, no, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thanks. No, I'm going to go there right now. That's all for this episode of The Bossy Show. Make sure to tune in next week. Want to get involved? Here's something you can do right now to make a difference. Donate to Planned Parenthood or go to shoutyourabortion.com and tell your story. Follow at The Bossy Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr for pics from inside the show and more. Special thanks to Alexis G. Zoll, Amelia Bono, and all the women who told us their stories. The Bossy Show is recorded at Sonic Pool Post Productions in Hollywood. Music by Johnny Franco and audio engineering by Drew Frost. See you next time. Jill, they can't see us. <laughs>